0: He learned that strength isn't for being the stronger person for your own sake, but but using that strength for others.
1: Welcome to the Isle of Misfits, a whimsical place where the only rule, well, there are actually three, is that you own your awkward, love your fellow misfits, And that you make a solemn vow to look for beauty and truth in all this weirdness we call life. I am your humble, misfit host, Nancy Carmichael. And usually I say those things at the end of each episode, but I'm putting it right out there, right up front, because today's guest, I think, encapsulates all three. Her name is Kathleen L. Maher. And if you recognize that name, it could be because she's been a guest several times here on the aisle. Or maybe you're just a fan of her books, the latest, the latest of which she's here to talk about today. It's called No Man's Daughter, and it's the third in her series. She likes to call Sons of the Shenandoah. So I'm just gonna go right out, I'm just gonna go right ahead and welcome, welcome, Kathleen. Oh, that sounded a little too formal, didn't it? Because, oh, yeah, by the way.
0: Oh, it's it's all good.
1: Yeah, Kathleen or Kathy, as I've been calling you since, I don't know, sometime in the early 70s, right? Also, my younger and far more talented sister. That's the awkward part, admitting that. But it's true. Oh, I'm I'm
0: owning my awkward because (laughs) here I am with our Colson fellow (laughs) trying to sound smart today. So let's see if I can keep up.
1: Yeah, whatever that is. So, yeah, what the truth and the beauty is, yeah, I'm going to go back to, yeah, she's the real writer of the, you know, at least between the two of us. And, of course, the love. So, we've got the awkward, I'm owning it, the beauty and the truth, she's owning that. And, of course, the love between sisters. That goes without saying. So, anyway, Kathy, I'm just trying to say this. Thank you for joining us. I'm really excited to talk about this book
0: thank you so much for having me again. Oh my goodness, my hammock is in a, in a perfect spot here on the aisle and uh, the water is lapping and beckoning and the sun is dancing and it's beautiful and here we are.
1: Well, I think we have a plaque next to your hammock that's just for you. So, you know, we don't we don't let just anybody hang out in that hammock. So, <laughs> I'm glad you're back in it today. But, um, Yeah, and like I said, I'm really excited to talk about this book and whatever else we end up talking about. I think it's all going to just tie together because when I said that you encapsulate all three, I really wasn't talking about you per se, although, I mean, you do. All the things that I say were true. Um, But the story that you wrote, I think really all three of those themes are alive and well of owning who you are and learning to love those other You know, misfit is a nice term, I think, sometimes for the people in our lives that, oh, maybe annoy us or grate on us or maybe even seem to be our enemies. Um, And then certainly, you know, looking for the truth because, you know, sometimes the truth isn't so obvious and beauty isn't so obvious, but it's there if we look for it.
0: Amen. Well, Well, I'm willing to embrace that even in light of those that, that God would send to us to challenge us, to, you know, the, the iron sharpening iron, um, even, you know, in, in terms of fiction, the, the uh, anti-hero or the, the antagonist. So God even, you know, uses, there's an old Pentecostal saying that even the devil is God's devil.
1: Hmm. Wow. There's, yeah, there's a whole podcast in and of itself because yeah, sometimes we, we forget and, and, and even, you know, it doesn't mean that there isn't such a thing as right and wrong or good and evil, but to remember that all people are created in God's image, even the ones that we disagree with, even the ones that maybe we're thinking, wow, you are way on the wrong track they are also created in God's image because the earth is the Lord's and everything and everyone in it. So we're getting real deep real quick. So I'm going to i got to back <laughs> us up just a second here because you know, you know how I operate. So um, hey, uh, so I, I, I let it out that you're my younger sister. I'm not going to completely date myself, but I'm, I think I'm almost going to go there. Uh, I, I think I also referenced the early 70s. So I think you and I are are pretty familiar with at least most of the decade of the 70s, Uh, probably me more than you, but um, today's Stupid Game is brought to you by the early 70s, if you were so willing to partake of it with me.
0: Oh, I was so looking forward to a Stupid Game, and I'm so excited because 70s are... Oh, these people that think that 80s are retro, they, they missed out. What do they know? Um, the they know nothing. Ever.
1: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah, you're preaching to the choir right now. So, all right. So, today's stupid game. Um, and you knew. You knew it was going to come because, you know, you knew who you were dealing with. Um, so, we're going to, it's 70s edition here on the Isle of Misfits. Um, so, we're going to play a this or that. So, this is what, the beauty of this game is that there's no, there's no right answer unless you disagree with me. Um, but, so, I'm just going to throw you out two 70s things that, uh, um, and you just tell me. Um, don't don't think. Just react. Okay, you ready? Mhm. All right. All right. Bugs Bunny or Underdog? Quick! 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 Oh, Underdog. Of course, I knew you were going to say that. Only because I know you. We could tell <laughs> stories about Underdog, but we'll save that for another time. Okay. Fluffer Nutter or Bologna sandwich? Bologna. German Bologna. Really? If I can. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought you would choose the other. Maybe I don't know, but, but it has to have mm-hmm. peanut butter involved. So okay, all right. Here's one I also think I know the answer to, but I'll ask it anyway. Elton John or the Eagles? Now that's not fair. Really? Oh, Eagles, good. Today, I, really? Oh, uh, uh, it's too hard. My the pressure. Okay, so, I sure the name. All right. So <laughs> Eagles, all right. Yeah. All right. Is there, like, a song that puts you over the the top of your decision? All of them. All All of of them. them. Oh, my gosh. All
0: right. Yeah. All of the Eagles all the time.
1: All Eagles all the time. Okay. I was almost sure you were going to say Elton John. Um, (laughs) Now, when I say it, like, uh, you know, when I, because I feel very strongly about 70s music, but I always have to, I feel I have to qualify Elton John pre-1976 because to me that's when that was the pinnacle everything after that is uh questionable at best but yeah up until then he was oh yeah. right yeah but right. that's that's just me that's just me so I think all right the magical
0: element there was bernie top and i'm probably mispronouncing that. that's a his deep write, dive you're I doing think he continued to write for him yeah Maybe, that yeah, could be was. yeah died. That. <laughs> that, would, that would probably make a difference
1: I think you're right. You know, someday we'll have to get our other. We have we're we're siblings, uh, a set of five, and our oldest brother is uh, a music aficionado in our eyes. So, maybe we'll have to have him on to talk about that because I bet he would know all about that. So I'll defer to his expertise. One fine day, yes, that'll be the all seventies music edition. So, all right, okay, here we go. We're still going strong. Station wagon or VW Beetle?
0: Oh man. The VW, Both have Beatles. their merits,
1: really. Okay, yeah. I, all right, well, I, and I gotta ask you why. Today. You are surprising uh, me. <laughs> I mean, they are so cute. I mean, so there's form and there's function, right? So Beetle's all about func- form, really.
0: Well, I mean, having big dogs would probably be the station wagon, but the Beetles yeah. are so stinking cute. And my fir- one of my first loves
1: was Herbie the Love Bug. Remember that? Oh I was right, her friends, Herbie yes. Herbie the I Very knew there right. was a reason yeah. we associated that with the seventies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I hear actually you can stuff about fifty clouds in a VW Beetle, so or punch bug as we used to, right? And that's, right. That was the yep. standard uh, nomenclature for them. Okay, burnt orange or avocado if you're decorating oh, your home.
0: No, there's no good choice there. <laughs> oh, and yet hard. you have to choose. All right, I guess avocado because. I don't
1: know. It almost blends in, whereas the burnt orange you just can't unsee. You can unsee it, yes. So yeah. So uh, a quick aside for those of you that need to know in the TMI department. So we, we moved into our house about about a year and a half ago, and um, I almost hated to touch it because uh, the the downstairs bathroom had a beautiful avocado toilet. And matching linoleum avocado floor. And, you, and oh, and with that, a burnt orange sink, if you can even possibly imagine that. And it was like a piece of history. Hated to touch it.
0: And yet we did. Don't forget Harvest Gold now. That was important too.
1: Yes. Well, but, you know, you put them all together and something magical happens. All right. We're, we're, we're coming in for a landing here. Weebles or Star Wars action figures? Wait, what was the first? A oh, Weeble. Weebles, um, they wobble, but they don't fall oh, down. Yeah. It
0: would depend on your age. I mean, Star Wars is still going strong, and most people don't even know what a Weeble is, but I had a lot but of But they fun should <laughs> know.
1: We're going to tell a them.
0: Weeble's treehouse, and I mm-hmm. saw one, I one the Marketplace that. recently. But yeah, Star Wars action figures. Cause okay. I think they're worth some serious money if you have the originals.
1: That's true, but who cared about that? when you were a kid in the 70s, unless you were really savvy. So I bet there were savvy kids that still have. But then you wouldn't have played with them, and you would have had no fun. But, okay. But I I can understand that answer, and yet I thought, I don't know why, I thought you were going to go for the Weebles. Okay, this one I absolutely know the answer, but I'm going to put it out anyway. Sean Cassidy or David Cassidy?
0: Well, do I have to answer
1: as me in the seventies or me now? Oh boy! Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you I, I'm gonna let you ferret right. that one me out the, in me your in the psyche.
0: What if that's Sean? Absolutely, down. I had the poster. Yeah. I, I begged mom for the Teen Beat magazines. All well, of which that. Which became but Tiger? Now, yeah, as an yeah. adult, it's got to be David. I mean, have you ever seen the uh, episode of Malcolm in the Middle where Bois is like head over heels for? <laughs> I forget what his name That's was on the right. show, but it was David Cassidy. Who That's doesn't right. Love- yeah, another classic show. I think, I, show. You. I, think so I had to at my one wedding. For you. Okay. Oh, at all right.
1: We're not done yet. Oh no! I'll we can pause. This will be the pause, and we'll yeah. Okay. I'm up for it. For you, Little House on the Prairie
0: or The Waltons?
1: Oh man! Well, first of all, I have to say. I have to say this. This was my visceral. Actually, it wasn't my visceral reaction. It was just the first thing that came to my mind. Unfortunately, my daughter, whose whose taste I respect in virtually everything, music and movies and otherwise, she hates the Waltons. She just hates it. Uh, whenever like it's on she 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 has a visceral reaction, which usually involves like you know leaving the room as quickly as possible um <laughs> i will say little <laughs> house on the i'll say little house on the prairie um the yeah i, yeah. I, I, agree,
0: I agree with Felicity.
1: up until I, I yeah
0: it. at the time it was wonderful but now it's it's just too um, cheese factor
1: well you know it was like walking into another world even at the time you and and of course little house was too but yeah, and, and I'm saying little house be, up until they blew up the town. You know, I think the why they had to go there, I don't know. Because you know, my whole life has been what would Carolyn Ingalls say when I'm searching for that that little bit of wisdom. It's always it always goes back to her. So um, <laughs> thankfully, I don't think she was around when they blew up the town. In fact, if they had only asked her what to do, I'm sure she would have given them. A wiser that's what resolution
0: happens when Ma Ingalls isn't there to supervise.
1: That's true, that's you know. Different. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so oh, you know <laughs> what? Speaking of TV shows, and I can't believe I, I think I skipped over this because we were talking about David Cassidy. It's so, all right. We're still on TV shows. Uh, Brady Bunch or Partridge Family? Oh, uh, Brady Bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's a, that's a no-brainer. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, two more. Two more latch hook rug or potholder with those little loopy things that we would make in summer camp oh yeah I I think latch hook yeah yeah there was something satisfying about that I think Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah yeah okay I think those have kind of made a comeback didn't they I think you see them every once in a while yeah you can still get them at
0: um, Hobby Lobby I think yeah yeah
1: okay all right, so very last one. Schoolhouse Rock, or actually, there's really nothing to compare to it. So, Schoolhouse Rock, yay or nay? <laughs> I guess this way. Um, You could almost compare it to Electric Company. Oh, yes, thank you. You factors. filled in the blank. All right, then and now you got to choose. Morgan
0: Freeman. So, right. that's a hard, that would be a hard choice. But I would say yay to both. How about that?
1: okay yeah they tie Uh, you're right you're right because they were they were clever they were cutting edge and you learned a lot so Mm -hmm. what's wrong with that so you have a famous schoolhouse rock song that has just stuck in your mind all these years junction what's your function that is a classic i I don't
0: remember anything else
1: Oh, okay. Well, not not that you're asking. I would have to say, uh, in fact, I think it's like on my uh, on my iPod rotation. I've got to add it to Spotify now that I think of it. The one um, uh, "No More Kings." <laughs> the pilgrims love the seas to find a place to call their own. It's a really beautiful '70s sounding song, and it teaches you all about the foundation of our great nation. Wow. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. Now we know you've done a great job. And uh, I think now we can we can move on. Well, you know it's it's yeah, hard to get out of the seventies once that's you're there. All
0: they need to know.
1: It really <laughs> is. So I think our work is done here. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time on the Isle of Misfits. If it's more. <laughs> so seriously, um, yeah. Let's uh, let's go back a few decades, from the 1970s to I guess the 1870s, right? Or at least the late Almost. 1860s. Yeah, late 1860s. Yeah. So so if I had the Wayne's World, if I maybe I'll insert that sound effect now. Let's go back in time to another time and another place. Um, so the book is called no man's daughter and it's keeping your other two books we have uh, the abolitionist daughter and we have oh my gosh I'm totally blanking out on your first one the chaplain's daughter daughter. yes we have an abolitionist we have a chaplain and now we have no man's daughter so this is a series that you've been writing for quite some time that's a story in and of itself in fact um, Mm -hmm. I would encourage you if you're listening right now which I assume you are You can pause and go back and find these other interviews, which are wonderful, or you can do it later. That's your choice. But um, yeah, we talk in depth about your other books. So tell us a little bit about this book and this series.
0: Well, I'm going to give you the blurb, which is basically the hook. So it goes like this. A man with something to prove and a lady with something to hide clash over hotly contested property and a marriage of convenience proving anything but convenient. Will her claim on the land prove harder to drive out than her claim on his heart? So obviously I write uh, historical romance for the Christian market. Um, They're clean romances. You won't see any cussing. You won't see any, you know, bedroom scenes except, you know, super clean ones. Um, You know, everything behind closed doors uh, if it's even alluded to so those are basically the tenets of christian romance so no one has to blush although you might swoon a little maybe hopefully. swooning is so, allowed yeah. so basically you have two people you have the youngest sharp uh son because we have a dynasty here we had the twin gathan and devon for the first book abolitionist daughter and Then you had the oldest son for the chaplain's daughter gideon now it's benjamin's turn to have his story and these are all sons of uh, Sam Sharp, who might just get his own book next. I'm thinking of a title already: "Daughter of the Stars," which translates roughly the native uh, translation of the of the word Shenandoah. Um, Ooh, I like that. So I kinda, like it. Kind of, kind of cool. Yeah. So I yeah. think and I the think dad Sam gets Sharp his day too. Love it. Yes, he shall. In fact, I think we're going to go back in time and then do like a split time kind of story because they seem to be all the rage these days. So, okay, so Ben, Ben Sharp is, was too young to fight in the Civil War and uh, the the uh, story opens up in, in the spring following Lee's surrender. Um, Abraham Lincoln's assassination. So it's been a year and the dust is kind of settling and you have, you're faced with this idea of how do we rebuild? How do we now live? If, if I could quote a, a Colson quote. But um, so he, he's just about 19 years old, and he's, he's a little bitter that his father wouldn't let him fight more. And he wants to make his mark because he has these brothers with, you know, their their veteran status. And, you know, they, they have their story, but who, who is Ben? Ben wants to prove himself. And so there's this vacant property next door and, uh, he wants to claim it and develop it. It's been a little rundown, uh, after a long war in the Valley. <clears throat> and, um, he wants to, uh, prove his mettle, but there's someone already there that he, he quickly discovers is a feisty young lady. I think that's probably the most overused word in Christian historical fiction, feisty. But
1: anyway, just such it a good today? word. <laughs> I call my mother in law feisty because, so, you know, that's,
0: <laughs> that's a good word for her.
1: It's, How it's old a is good she? word. 91 and she She'll be 95. Yeah, 95 in what? like two and a half weeks. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe I'll write a book about her. But but i digress (laughs) yes but back to yes back to your feisty heroine so
0: ben basically comes into the crosshairs of this young lady who is an orphan of the war and she has a backstory that will take most of the book to really delve into um what makes her so um fierce and independent and uh I think is, is the operative word here. She she wants that property for survival and for security and uh, no man is going to drive her off that land.
1: You know, I recently uh, did a, a conversation and this, this kind of thing came up. Um, about you know when you're encountering somebody let's say that has a different view of the world than you and you know your first your first instinct is what is wrong with you um and <laughs> it came out in this conversation that uh the person learned to to shift from there to from what's wrong with you to what what happened to mm-hmm. you or what happened yeah. with you you know and and even in that i think there can be At least where my mind goes is, well, you can still ask that in the same way. Well, what happened to you? But you talk about backstory, you know, and we encounter people all the time. Uh, Anytime we walk out of our own home and deal with any other person, everybody's got a backstory. And sometimes uh, they're, they're... uh, there are people who maybe are nemesis, right? That, oh, I really don't like this person or they're showing their feisty side or whatever. Um, but it's also true of the person that we think we know, you know, that we think, oh, yeah, I know this person. Well, they've got a story, too, that maybe you've got no idea about.
0: Well, I think I think many people go through a period where they've lost trust, um, whether it's in a one particular relationship or even with some people, they, they lose trust in humanity. Uh, I think that's particularly true of a lot of animal lovers. Um, you know, dogs give you, you know, (laughs) dogs spelled backwards as God. And, you know, you you hear all these slogans, you see them on Mm -hmm. t-shirts and whatever. And, you know, animals give you this thing that's as close to, um, agape love as, as it gets here on earth. Um, animals don't judge you they're always there for you you know and um i think willa has has come to be something like that the people that she did love and trust were taken away from her in, in the war and uh, the people that she encountered in the war were very cruel very unsavory and she's learned to trust in herself and she, I think she seeks nature. In fact, the uh, the scripture that I used for this book is taken out of Romans 8, uh, it's verse 19, and it says, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. So when we talk about creation, um, it's a reflection of, of God and his nature. You know, it says in Romans 1 that people see the works and the handiwork of God and they're without excuse because it reflects his nature and so Willa is at a place where all she can receive uh, is, is little eyedroppers full of God's love through nature and animals and you know getting out and foraging uh, for you know her, her, her food and just taking little tiny doses of what's safe to her and um this scripture, uh, the verse 19 is so profound. And I think during this past pandemic year, I think it's been especially true that even, even, you know, to to quote Lord of the Rings, it almost seems like that scene in the forest where even the trees are groaning because of the injustices in the earth. You know, I'm probably getting a little weird for some people, but if it's scripture, there's counsel in it the, the lord gives us counsel that the creation waits with eager longing even groaning for the well, sure of the sons of god and what that means to me is we who are saved have a responsibility to reflect his nature and to do no harm to to be agents of healing and and not just in a mystical sense although there is something to you know, when Peter walked, even the shadow of his passing, healed the be sick because he bore that anointing. But but even in a practical way, that we were here as ambassadors. You know, Jesus says to occupy until he comes, and we have jobs to do. And so, you know, the phrase, first do no harm, um, I think... I think we forget that sometimes as Christians, and me especially. I'm going to tell on myself, I'm the first one to jump on Facebook and debate. I I get so riled up about the way things are. I'm not going to immediately identify, you know, partisan this or that, but we all have things that flip our switch. Oh, yeah.
1: All of us. And that's just it. No matter what side you're on, there's something that's going to flip your switch. Yeah.
0: So I have to remember how is this edifying how is this uplifting how is this healing how 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 do i repair the breach can i can i in the flesh of course i can't so you know if all creation is waiting for for the revealing of the sons of god uh, i i've got to find out what that really means for me how how do i <laughs> how how do i act like one how do i present jesus in a way that would be non-threatening. And, and you know, was it St. Francis of Assisi that said, uh, preach often and if necessary, you don't, you know, use words or something? In right, other words, let right. your actions show. Yeah,
1: I think well, it might have been uh, Augustine, which I always, always yeah I always mix okay, the two of those yeah. up. But so, all right, yeah, so I think you're, yeah. All the saints yeah, they're saints, yeah. You know, one, Oh, right, uh, but I, I'm sure, I'm sure Francis probably said it too, because it's just true, but so, all right, I, and I'm jumping in here, not just to interrupt you and be rude, but I think you're, I think, you know, you're really on to something, um, and I, I'm going to kind of circle back, <laughs> which is a phrase I've, I've I've come to not like lately, but I am going to circle back, Um mm-hmm. Because, all right, so you're talking about this character willa who's kind of been isolated in this abandoned property and in a sense she's been isolated not just in this unkempt property but but in in nature and in creation which in many ways is kind of kind of almost usurping and and encroaching into this property that's been uncared for right because that's what nature does it kind of swallows things up that have not been cared for so she's been she's she's kind of found herself isolated one but immersed in creation, which has been bearing witness to true things. Because, as you said, you know, all creation waits in eager longing for the sons of God. We know that God speaks through his creation. You don't even have to be a Christian to know this. I mean, many New Age type or Eastern mystical type, they they know this. They, there's some something deeply true about nature. Ooh. It speaks things to us that transcend that about about mm-hmm. beauty that's why you know the mm-hmm. whole idea of seeking beauty and truth because it can yeah. be found in creation Ooh. so you, um and so willa going through this you know almost 100 years ago um in a real time in history is illustrating to me you know, although we haven't been in a civil war at this point, I would say this, pa- this past decade, a half decade, especially this past year, we are finding ourselves in a, real, in a very real sense, not just metaphorical, of facing similar kind of isolation, right? Isolation from each other, isolation, mm-hmm. like even housebound to a great extent to the point where I don't want to deal with people because people are mean and <laughs> this world is just a oh, just a hard place so so we're finding we're finding this kind of similar isolation mm. and many people I've talked to so many people this past year have also found um, a renewed appreciation for nature for being outside because that's one of the only things we've been able to do right? <laughs> is be outside Um well, It's interesting
0: that in the pandemic uh, of the Spanish flu, they found out very quickly that the patients that were housed outside in tents recovered much quicker. There was something about the sunlight. There was something about the fresh air. And um, for all of our education, we have done the very opposite and we've, we've... barred off the playgrounds and we've um closed the the nature trails and um yeah i I think there's something in the human spirit i I know john eldridge writes extensively on this that you seek the wild you seek you know the 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 nature and um there oh yeah you know because there's
1: truth uh, there there's there's healing there's healing and there's truth and you're absolutely right i think early on in all this pandemic business when they you know oh we don't know how bad this is the bar you know like the tragedy of barring off a playground or or a nature trail oh yeah don't even get me started there but you know thankfully i think we've seen a lot of that lifting um but there's just this idea of going back to nature, discovering the beauty of it, discovering the, the healing, the restoration, the deep, deep truths that... Well, that, I think
0: yeah. one of the aspects, and, and and I know you touched on this as we were talking just before the interview started, the theme of wholeness, the theme of right. shalom, you know? Right. What does shalom mean? It means right. wholeness, it means, it means nothing missing, nothing broken, and I believe that after a war, literally gouges the landscape. It's the nature that comes back the quickest. You know, after Mount St. Helens erupted, uh, that's something you know in, in our our early right. years. We talked right. about the seventies. Now we can yep. talk about the eighties. Yeah, and it was utterly decimated. But very, very soon after, they they saw the life spring up, and you know the spiders returned, the the leaves from from the ash, and and life went on, and you know God has put in our in our world this resilience, and even I know this is probably a rabbit trail, but the things that, <laughs> even the things that you know holistic medicine, you know many people would say you know take your vitamin D, take your zinc for, you know, these symptoms that were so scary. Those are things God put in nature, and uh, they didn't require a laboratory to, you know, mix chemicals and come up with, you know, big, you know, mystical, scientific <laughs> chemical uh, reactions. We, we didn't need Western medicine's cures in, in a lot of cases. We just needed simple, um, holistic, yeah, I'm going to sound like a hippie I really am not I'm a very practical person but I do believe A
1: conservative hippie is what we like to call her
0: <laughs> God put in nature all that we need and you know one of my challenges I think this is really going off track but one of my challenges is to learn what's out there what, what I don't have to go to the store to buy what what is in my own backyard that God has provided and you know it's it's just amazing if we could rediscover what our you know grandparents and great-grandparents knew you know they were they were closer to nature because they had to be right
1: right right so i i think this is a good rabbit trail because in my mind all of this really dovetails together so beautifully um so I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt to see if I can piece this together because I, I you know it probably sounds like oh this whole book is a, is a nature walk and it's not but um, but it starts out there and I think that foundation is so important because here's here's where my little spinning mind is going so this woman is in isolation right so the circumstances of war and injustice has put her literally in a place of isolation uh, being just. Well, alone, which I guess is what isolation is. <laughs> but um, but communing with the nature that's around her, seeing some deep truth that speaks to her, that melts those hard places in her heart, that makes her open to truth and, and healing. But here's, to me, this is like where it gets just really crazy because we know that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, right? And we know that nature nature speaks to the very heart of God. It tells us, it's a ref- you know, where we reflect his image, right? So his creation speaks also about who he is and his goodness and, and that he's a creator. And it all goes back to the fact that God himself is relational. God himself yeah. The yes. tr- the Trinity, yes. right? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when no, even God doesn't live in isolation.
0: Yes, God has a divine order and relationship. That that's the perfect word for it, because Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one, means that God was never in isolation. God always had someone to love. That the Son loved the Father, the Father loved the Son, the Spirit, you know, loved you know, and there's this this give and take, you know, and I I think, uh, was it uh, Kreshi? what was his name? Uh, Oh, Nabil
1: Kreshi. Yes, yes,
0: yes. Nabil Nabil Kreshi identified this when he would talk to his uh, Muslim family, that the three-in-one God uh, is a God of love and always has been, because he's always had someone to love, and so this, you know, God's divine order Um, draws us and compels us into relationship, even when, you know, we don't want it. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. Many have gone through, you know, church hurt, you know, people who have been hurt by the church or leadership or, or, you know, other people and have said, oh, it's just me and God, that's all I need. And the Lord says, wait a minute, you know, how can you say you love me who you can't see if you can't love your brethren who you can see now i'm not saying to go and expose yourself to the same hurts god does not uh, you know require us to lay down our backs like the pavement to be walked upon there's there's a there's a scripture in isaiah i believe it's isaiah 50 where it talks about that 50 or 51 uh he does not require us to go back into harmful uh, relationships but he does challenge us to 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 risk ourselves, to be vulnerable, uh, to take a chance, to love others, and he—he um, he very, you know, I, I think of the prophet Elijah, who thought he was the last one left, and he hid in a cave, and God says, "You know what? There's what was it, eight thousand others that you don't even know about
1: mm-hmm. that
0: that have not bowed their knee to Baal, and and so we think." Oh, we, this is it. You know this is the end, And God is always saying, "No, there are others. there there are there are other parts. You know, we're many members, one body. Um, I used to joke that I'm the private parts. <laughs> but, but, you know we, we we like to we like to maintain our privacy, but sure. you know, God says, no, no, we need one another. You need you need your parts. You need your other parts. Yeah, I can't say to the hand. I have no need of you. Um. So, Willa is, you know, what what looks to her as this encroachment upon her safe place, actually, you know, uh, as they say in the happily ever after genre, um, it, it 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 turns out for her blessing, and isn't that the Lord that the, the very right. thing that we fear sometimes is sent by Him to bring us good and not evil. And yes. So. Yeah, go ahead,
1: yeah. But what are your thoughts there? Well, so, yeah, just to piggyback off of that, because not only does he use the very thing that, say, we fear, or, oh, I don't want to go there. God, that's often the vehicle for a blessing. But on the road there, he uses, so the the very thing that speaks to our hearts, right, the, the restorative powers of creation and animals, like mm-hmm. her special relationship with the animals in her life. Mm-hmm. God is so kind that he would use those things to draw us to our need for relationship. That we're oh. not to be isolated, that it's not good for the man and dare I say for the woman to be alone. We are created oh. for others. So so on that road to restoring relationship when say we've been burned, right? Whether it's Willa and her situation or those of us that at various times uh, you know i'll just speak for myself this past year like okay i think um, i think this whole life of a recluse sounds pretty good um but we're not meant for that and god is so kind he will draw us he doesn't you know mm-hmm. kicking and screaming might come but i think that has more to do with us than <laughs> than anything else but he's so kind the way he draws us um, through the things that that are beautiful to that, even to the what might seem scary, he doesn't just initially drag us against our will. If that does that make sense?
0: Well, absolutely. I I think you know Adam. <clears throat> it says Adam named all the animals in the garden, and some people think that that went beyond. Oh, giraffe. Oh, zebra. Uh, you know, may, maybe one of them was named Ralph. Maybe one of them was named you know Bill. He he had an intimate. Name for each of them. and and I believe at that point that he had the ability to communicate with them, probably not in words, but just maybe an understanding of their body language, whatever whatever it was. I believe that in the garden things were so perfect that um that there, there was a communion you know a, a way to commune with nature. but even so, God saw that Adam, what was the phrasing there? I think you just said it.
1: That it's not good for the man to be alone, right? Right. And God saw that
0: even with this wonderful animal companionship, that Adam wasn't fully satisfied, and um, even even with God, you know, walking in the garden alone with God and communing with the Almighty, um, God put within us a desire for our others, um, and and even in a, in a very real sense for. You know what we would call our soulmate, um, and you know I'm I'm a I'm a believer in of course traditional marriage and that you know God joins the man with the woman and the woman is to help meet. And I I you know in in my story here, Willa thinks that that she's safer, but even in her heart of hearts, she admits that there's a desire as she sees the little forest creatures pair up. And mm-hmm. you know, wouldn't it be nice if if I had a companion? Oh, but mm-hmm. no, no, I couldn't possibly. And so, there's the enemy that brings in the counterfeit. Just as she is having these thoughts, uh, the the you know one of the antagonists approaches, and and you'll you'll see a few different uh, enemies and villains uh, come. Uh, you know, some wanting the property, and some wanting other more nefarious things from her. And her ultimate, uh, I don't want to use the word salvation lightly, but because it was ordained of God, that she would have protection and she would have someone to provide for her, Uh, her salvation in this sense was learning to trust uh, the character Ben. And so we have this marriage of convenience that she goes into absolutely kicking and screaming and the whole book is her learning how to see god in it you know she can see god in nature she's not against god uh one of the the things early on is uh the the old hymn um the ode to joy and i'm just going to read a couple lines of that teach us how to love each other lift us to the joy divine um and then in another part it says all thy works with joy surround thee. Earth and heaven reflect thy rays. Stars and angels sing around me, center of unbroken praise, field and forest, vale and mountain, flowery meadow, flashing sea, singing bird and flowing fountain, call us to rejoice in thee. So there it is, there's nature reflecting God and calling us into the sacred song of worship and, and communion with God, but but God doesn't stop there. He wants us to sing in a chorus with others. He wants not just the veil and the meadow and the birds. He wants us to find the worship with, with other people and and our place, you know, in fellowship. So, right. yeah, without finding too our much place. Obviously, they're going to their happily ever after, and there's all these people and forces arrayed against them. Um, Again, nature and God's laws and, and God's order make it so that they don't have to lift a finger against the enemies that should you know and i want to say this there there is no one so far gone that god can't redeem but they must be willing but there are people who will not bow the knee to god and who will not um do his will that are so consumed with with their own will that 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 becomes their god so in in the book ben doesn't have to kill the bad guy she doesn't have to do anything in a very interesting turn of events nature itself takes care of the villain and so we have from beginning to end god using nature to reflect his nature
1: um his justice his his power right so i what i find so interesting there is you know you you say oh well they don't have to do anything all they really have to do is trust right and that right there what is it that i think jesus says this in one of the gospels you know the 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 work the work of the father or something is to believe in the one he sent that's it that, that is the work is to believe yeah. and oh well that's easy all i gotta do is believe right and yet in many many ways i think that is the hardest thing because what do we have to in order to believe it you requires us to a, a surrender Surrender, it right. It requires
0: us to surrender our understanding, right. our, our own uh, counterintuitive wisdom, our uh, right. will. Right. Um, in, in Willa's case, what she felt was strength, which was ferocity. God was calling her to a strength and surrender and trust. And,
1: right, um, trust. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a big one. So,
0: Yeah. I would like to quote one of your previous guests where she told the story of how she had to learn, you know, true femininity and true strength is in being, um, you know, being gentle. And maybe you can recall that better. I, that was my impression of what she said, that, you know, we, we think of steel as being strong, but there, there's a point where even steel is brittle. But right. being pliable, right. being bendable and moldable right. has more strengths in many ways, even if right. it's a softer material.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I know you've spoken to me about that before, and there there is a powerful uh, uh, word picture in that because yeah. So something like I, I think we were talking in that in that conversation something about. Uh, about plastics, because uh, every time, I think I, I can't get through one interview without referencing um, Ken, who you know, is your brother-in-law, my husband. Um, mm-hmm. He's an engineer, and he, he has all these you know a million nerdy engineer facts uh, in his brain, and um, once in a while, I... Uh, I glean them, yeah, but you
0: know,
1: the, tens- you know uh, yeah, the tensile strength versus. Yeah, now you're going to ask me. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember that far, but yeah. <laughs> but the gist <laughs> of it was what you are saying is, yeah, yeah. So like a melamine bowl, for example, mm-hmm. is, is pretty hard plastic. It's you know it's very hard, um, but you can drop it on a ceramic tile floor and it shatters, right? So, um, mm-hmm. whereas you know maybe a silicone. Uh, vessel would, you know, it, it ha- it's more moldable, more, you know, it doesn't have that hard uh, strength, but it, it, yeah, it can withstand a lot of heat and mm-hmm. impact. So, you know, I, I'm sure there's all kinds of ways you can go with it, but you're talking about, yeah, the feminine strength. We think, well, just because I'm not hard and brutal, uh, I think we've bought into this lie as, especially as women right, but, um, but, even in general, we I think people mm-hmm. just get this idea that to be strong, you have to be a hard, very hard, crusty outer surface that mm-hmm. nobody can penetrate. Um, mm-hmm. um but, but true strength is something deeper than that. It is something it is something moldable and flexible. and surrender, as you say, surrender to maybe some of the outward elements because of. Uh, well, I, I won't get. You know, that, that's probably the the end of my depth of understanding uh, of all things engineering. But, but yeah, it's, you know, surrendering, not just because you don't have a choice, but surrendering because something in you knows that all right, there's something stronger than me that I that I can trust, right? Something well, uh, good. I-
0: I think even Jesus had to come to that moment where he right. said, not my will, but thine be done. You know, he right. would have had the cup passed from him, but he recognized that even in the difficulty, the father had only good. Even, even what would be an impossible sacrifice for most people to face certain death and torture. Um, and, and scripture says, for the joy set before him. He went willingly. So we, even Almighty God in flesh, Jesus Christ, had to have that moment of surrender to the Father's will, uh, knowing that he would work all things together for good.
1: Right. Yep. And that's the key word. You just said it is good, right? Because we cannot, we really can't do that. I mean, hey, you know, a hurricane force might come and blow us over and we're no match for it. So we don't have a choice in that respect. So I'm not talking about in the end, like every knee is going to bow and you know, whether we like it or not, but, but up until that point, Mm -hmm. the, this, that word good is, it is a power word. It is the word because unless we have settled that issue. Is God good? That's the kicking and screaming part. That's the part that mm-hmm. keeps us from surrender. That's the part that keeps us in self-reliance and that hard, brittle shell that we mm. that we try to erect around ourselves uh, to you know to protect us. But there's something even better than our self-reliance. There's something better than the best scenario we can create for ourselves, and that is the goodness. Of God.
0: Hmm. Well, you you just you summed it up. He he has to be our trust. He has to be you know the voice that we listen to. Jesus says, "My sheep know me; they know my voice, and another's voice they will not follow, even when that voice seems to be our own. When it when it screams caution, caution. It, you know when God is saying trust, trust." So, we have to we have to listen for His voice, and we can trust it. You know, I I love that scripture (laughs) that says, "Up to now, God has never failed us." I mean, do you hear the hesitancy in that? Like, up to now, so far, far
1: yeah, but up to now, waiting for that other shoe to drop. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: So, far, so good. He raised our Ebenezer here by thy great help we have come and you know he who brought us this far he, we can trust him he's not going to fail us now so that's that's willa's journey um ben's journey is slightly different and i won't get deep into his because i think a lot of the humor comes through him he just he's, he's a patient guy whose patience just keeps getting tested and tested whether by willa or by his horse with some behavior issues from the war or his brothers who have, you know, kind of a wicked sense of humor, you know, him being the youngest brother and then being the older brother. I, I kind of know something about that. Mm. Yeah. Well, okay. (laughs) Moving right along. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But, um,
1: so you have no idea the pain of being the middle daughter. That's all I'm going to say. Jan Brady, speaking of the seventies, but, That's okay. Like I said, Middle Daughter. That'll be
0: be in the series somewhere. (laughs) The heroine's name will be Nancy. No Man's Daughter. Middle Daughter. That's my book to write. Yeah, that's right. Okay. But you were saying, yeah, you were talking about Ben. Ben Ben is the comic relief in a lot of ways, and uh, he has to learn, you know, he has something to prove, but really what he has to learn is is that, uh, you know, God's got him, you know, he doesn't have to prove a thing, he just has to walk you know, again, trust uh, again, you know, finding out what real strength is in his his terms, uh, as a man um, doesn't necessarily mean you know, proving his fighting prowess or uh, you know, there's a line and I'll probably kind of give it away here, but he learned that strength isn't for being the stronger person for your own sake, but, but using that strength for others.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this goes right back to the theme that we're created for relationship with others. Mm-hmm. That's why we're here. Yeah.
0: So if the essence of femininity is surrender, <clears throat> that's, that's a mouthful. I'm not even going to defend that. It's I'm okay. just going to put that out there. And I believe that the essence of masculinity is initiation. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. men taking up their role, taking up their responsibilities, taking the
1: initiative, and um, not just for themselves. Right, and that's the key, because right now, I, I don't know how many, you know, th- how many triggers are going off right now at such bold statements, which, you know, yeah, I'm not, hey. are blowing right now, and I'm... Right now, hear I hear them, it. phew, landmines. <laughs> but, you know, but that is, that's the essence of it, is that our strength is not to lord over others. Jesus said it, right? We're not to lord. We're, if, if you want to be great, what do you do? You be the servant of all. The essence of masculine strength is actually sacrificial strength. So, yeah, yeah. so... You're right on the money. I'm not gonna argue with you about any of that. And then that mm-hmm. surrender is you know, again, it's it's not the kind of surrender you're talking about. It's not just this um this this weak oh I've got nothing to offer. It's mm-hmm. it's just trusting so much in God. And these and these things by the way, these things really mean nothing outside of their context that they were intended, right? The essence of masculinity, the essence of, feminis- of femininity tied into our relationship with God. And I think that's mm-hmm. honestly why so many people have a problem with that, because once you divorce that from from the relationship with God, then, yeah, it's going to get all screwy, which we see every day.
0: Well, so, here's where yeah. we can blow minds even further. God calls all of us who love him the bride of Christ, whether you're male or female.
1: Right. What does right.
0: that mean? It means bending to his will
1: Right, trusting Yeah, that he's mm-hmm. good That he's not mm-hmm. going to hurt you Yeah, yes. yeah Oh, this is all such good stuff and we've only gotten started and, and yet I can't even regret the 70s game that we played. Um, but there's so, so much more. Um, maybe I'm just going to have to have you back for part two of this discussion but um, uh, one thing I didn't mention, I've mentioned it before but it, but it bears repeating, you know, by the way people, this isn't just my younger, smarter, better writer sister we're talking to. This is an award winning author. Um, so if you don't know it I'm here to tell you. Um, yeah, so so she's she's won awards for her writing, like you know, pretty pretty prestigious Christian fiction Genesis. Right? I'm screwing that up, so you can you can remind me what that. Was no, all about. you
0: got it. It's, it's called yeah. the Genesis Award uh, through the American Christian Fiction Writers Association. But um, as a published author, I haven't entered anything in quite a while. Um, yeah, because but I you are a in published India, author, perhaps, so there's that. Yeah, I'm I'm a hybrid. I have both traditional publishing contracts and credits, and uh, as well as indie. Um, to the uninitiated, indie means independent publishing or self-publishing. Um, and I do have another contract with uh, Scrivenings Press coming out uh, next spring. So that's that's just going to be a little uh, novella and a cowboy collection. So me and my nice. horsemen. You know, I've got a. It seems like I I, I, I love a man with a horse. So that's you and be your horses.
1: Hold your horses,
0: because
1: <laughs> yes, cause the new so the new that'll, one's that'll coming be out. My next so
0: project next spring, but um, yeah. So I'm a hybrid author. I do both. Um, and so, so, I guess so, yeah,
1: yeah. So cool. tell us how how can we. How can people that want to read this book, because I know they're going to want to read your book, how can they find you?
0: This is an independent uh, release through Kindle. It's only on Kindle. Um, If you're a member of Kindle Unlimited, it's free to you. It's kind of like the uh, Amazon Prime. uh, Actually, it's a little bit different. From so, well, Amazon Prime, but it's 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 like right, but okay, it's free on actually, Kindle, so
1: that's great news. Yeah, so not, if you have not Kindle, not you, on you yeah, Kindle, it's
0: Kindle on, on unlimited. Kindle
1: Unlimited, right? So, so if it, you have like Kindle Unlimited, it, Netflix, just go find it's it. Kinda yeah, like, yeah, it's kind of like the Netflix
0: yeah. of reading. So you you pay for that's the monthly awesome. membership and you get unlimited. Readership with Kindle That's Unlimited, awesome. but anyway, this is not a Kindle Unlimited commercial. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you can find so, yeah. it via Amazon. You can get it really, paperback yeah. or Kindle yep. or Kindle Unlimited. So awesome, come. awesome. So um, yeah, well worth it at any price. I mean, a bargain certainly uh, at any price. So uh, do you, now, do you have a website or I know one's in development. Is it is it or is it premature? I have it. Or, yeah. Yeah. It's
0: not an easy to find one. It's not like myname.com yet, because I have a uh, I haven't ponied up to the domain, <laughs> but it's through a website builder called Simple Site. So if you That's type awesome. my name, Kathleen Almaher, in Simple Site, you'll probably find me.
1: All right, I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, I know we can find you on Facebook under your author name. That's another way if you want to follow and connect with Kathleen. Maybe she'll even let you call her, Kathy. Um, I'll leave that up to her. But um, uh, my friends, yeah. do you, please do.
0: So I'm on BookBub. If you're if you're a reader and you're already uh, subscribed to BookBub, please give me a follow. That really helps, and I'm on Goodreads. I am on uh, Pinterest. Uh, each of my stories has their own special Pinterest page,
1: so you can get Ooh.
0: some of the photos that inspired me for setting and character and dress and costume and... Oh,
1: yeah. Aesthetics. That yeah. That's the other thing we didn't mention. Yeah, you're the fact that you're an accomplished artist. So, yeah. So.
0: Oh, I didn't teach I just... I what is work to so put in my... Right. But you got the artist guy.
1: <laughs> I'm just putting the plug in. Yeah. Um, yeah, she does it all, people. She does it all. So, well, Kathy, truly, thank you so much. This has been a great discussion. And, uh, yeah, I'll have you back to play more 70s. Maybe we'll do like a 70s music quiz next time. Um, and then talk about, you know, this or really anything. We can talk about anything because that's, that's just the way it is. Well,
0: I'm sorry, I went off the rails on this crazy train. I think you Mm-mm. had some really great questions in store, and I completely took over. And that's how good no, no, no. you are. Thank you.
1: No. <laughs> oh, no. No, that's that's what we're here. We're here to see where these conversations go. So, all right. Well, hey, I'll see you at the next family gathering.
0: All right. Thanks so much, Nancy, and thank you to all your audience. Uh, please connect. We'd love to hear your thoughts
1: so here's some great news remember how she said it was only available on kindle well guess what you can now get it on paperback in fact you can maybe even get your very own signed author's copy of no man's daughter That's what she told me. I'm not just making that up. And all you gotta do is follow her, that's Kathleen El Maher, on one of them. their social media sites she talked about. She's on Facebook, she's on Pinterest, she's on Goodreads, she's on all kinds of things. And if you can't remember them, just look them up in the show notes and I'll list them there. Oh, and where is there you ask? Oh, I'll tell you where theisleofmisfits.com that's i-s-l-e of misfits.com your one-stop locale for all things misfit podcasts blog posts a gallery of beauty even and other fun stuff all waiting for you in fact i'll tell you what i'm gonna do any new followers i get whether it's on itunes or spotify or my website that's isleofmisfits.com i will enter you as well so there you have it thanks for joining us for this episode and even though I said it up front, I'm going to say it again. Until next time, keep owning your awkward, keep loving your fellow misfit, and by all means, never stop looking for beauty and truth.